Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Well, hello there, everybody. This is Mike Kapler with my good old friend, Joel Brzezinski, here on Growing in Grace. How's it going, Joel? Hi, Cap. How you doing? (laughs) I'm not old. I'm young. I'm Peter Pan. (laughs) I don't even know. Maybe that was, I got to stop Mickey Mousing around here. Uh, (laughs) Well, hey, (laughs) you know, uh, we, as far as people are concerned, we could be old. I mean, you and I, we met back in the mid nineties. I mean, it's been, it's been a while. Uh, We were both in Christian radio and uh, that's where we met. And uh, that was, yeah, over 20 years ago. And we've been doing this podcast for nigh unto 11 years. Pretty soon we're going to be able to say 11 years. Um, so, yeah, we're we're a couple of old guys here, I guess. <laughs> well, we, we're probably viewed by some that way. I, I can remember being a young guy thinking, you know, early 40s seemed, you knew it wasn't old. But it was twice your age, so it seemed like a <laughs> lifetime away. And, right. you know, for our younger listeners out there, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record because this is not something you haven't heard before, but it just goes by so quick. I mean, in, in a couple decades, you'll be wondering how you got to this place. Where in the world and, at and the I time? I think the go. older we get, Joel, uh, the older we get, the, the more you realize just, just how short our time here is on planet Earth. It's yep. just so short. Yeah, it does seem more and more like that. They tell you that when you're young, and then when you get older, you do realize that it's true. <laughs> well, it's I, true. I mean, we're such finite people, right? I mean, when you think about eternity, that's a pretty vast concept for us to really, really grasp or comprehend to the fullest extent possible. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, when we're here for whatever, 80 years or whatever the average life lifespan is, it seems like it can be a long time, especially when you're younger. But really, like you're saying, it's it's just a blip on the radar. Yeah, I mean, it's a blink of an eye uh, yeah. compared to eternity, right? Yeah. Well, hey, here we are, Growing a Grace, 40,000 plus downloads of our MP3s in the last month. So we're excited about that and uh, happy to have you listening. And thanks for uh, sharing uh, what's on your mind uh, with us. If you want to email us, the email address is, is on the website, growingandgrace.org. We heard from some uh, people recently. Uh, one person has uh, gone and started way back at the beginning, going back and downloading all the uh, podcasts and started with uh, number one back from 2005. And uh, just, he just recently got in a hold of us and, and asked us if we, if we would uh, do a couple of different topics, and we're going to get into one or two of those. Well, which one are we going to start with, Brother Joel? <laughs> <laughs> well, Brother Mike, what I really like to do today, yeah, I would like to talk about sin. <laughs> because Take a big sin. breath after each sentence, please. <laughs> yes. em- emphasis on the last syllable. After. Each word. <laughs> I know the poor preacher has his fleas, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um. Well, hey, uh, let's let's start with this. We got to remember that uh, the new covenant is about our sin having been taken away and being able to have a free 
open relationship with God, being called his child, being called his children, being called sons uh, and daughters, being able to uh, be one with him, not worried about whether our uh, sins have caused some sort of division between us and God. The the couple of uh, passages that uh, this person wanted us to talk about kind of had to do with that, because they are a couple of passages that could be scary in a lot of people's eyes just because of the way they're worded. But when we remember that God has not remembered our sins anymore, <laughs> I think we can look at these scriptures in a different uh, light. So I suppose let's start with 1 Corinthians 11, the Lord's Supper. That sound all right with you? Yeah, let's do it. Because, I mean, you're right, though, Joel. I mean, it depends what, what pair of glasses do you have on. Now, I've worn glasses since third grade. My eyes are terrible, right? But you get these different prescriptions over the years. But your prescription may be quite a bit different from mine. You may see things differently than how I see them, talking physically here. The same is true with the Scripture. I mean, if, if we're looking through the lens of a mixed covenant mentality, thinking that the old and the new are somehow blended together, we carry these assumptions with us as we read through Scripture. And and so when we can start putting on the correct lenses of that new covenant and the finished work of Christ, then we begin to see things a little bit differently. Yeah, it does so much depend on uh, the uh, lens that you're looking at things in. And so that's kind of why I started out with, with talking about how the new covenant is about God not remembering our sins anymore. And we get to 1 Corinthians 11, it's you know about the Lord's Supper. It's about communion. And people read this, and there's talk in there about eating and drinking judgment upon yourself. There's talk in there about being guilty of the blood and body of the Lord, and so on and so forth. And, and people get really uh, scared with verses like this, with passages like this. So let's just, with that in mind, with the understanding in mind that God has taken away our sins, let's, let's read a part of this, and let's uh, see what Paul is really saying here. And it's not that people—it's not that Paul approves of everything that people do, but it's not that he's getting down on them saying that their sins are going to be remembered. Let's just go. First uh, Corinthians 11, starting around verse 18 or so, Paul's talking about they come together as a church, the Corinthians do. There's divisions among them. There's factions among them. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper, whereas supposedly they were coming together to eat the Lord's Supper. But he's saying, no, that's not what you're doing. For in, in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. One is hungry and another is drunk. What? Don't you have houses to eat in and drink in? And uh, shall I praise you in this? Paul says, of course not. I do not praise you in this. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance, in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So here we get, you know, Jesus Christ, when he said those words to his disciples, it was to remember him, not to remember their sins. <laughs> they weren't drinking the, the wine and eating the bread to remember their sins, but it was to remember Jesus and his, his blood that was shed for them, his body that was broken for them. I don't know, I'll pass it to you if you have any thoughts on that. And we'll, we've got plenty more to say on this. Well, you hit the, the most important thing there is uh, remember what Jesus did. He doesn't say remember your sins. 
and examine your sins and determine whether you're worthy of the supper because you've got too much sin. It's, it's none of that. We read that into it sometimes. You may have heard sermons some, uh, similar to that. But another thing, too, here, Joel, is the, the word supper here. Uh, I mean, these people got together for, for a meal. Um, you kind of touched on it in the beginning of the passage there. They, they would get together and... and uh, People would come and and eat their hearts out, literally, and uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I mean, so everybody has even a different idea of what communion is mm-hmm. when we talk about communion as as, as something that takes place in, in, as a doctrine in the in the church. Uh, you know, I mean, most of us have been to a place where we we didn't get supper, Joel. We we didn't get supper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know if I could call it an appetizer. Right. <laughs> um, you get one of these <laughs> little little, little square round things, and then you know it kind of melts in your mouth or whatever, and then you know you get a little thimble full of grape juice or something. The, but the whole see, see it's it's symbolic. I mean, mm-hmm. when we're standing there holding the wafer, holding the juice or the wine, it's symbolic of the body and blood and the suffering that Jesus went through on our behalf, it, but it's symbolic. It's it's not really the body of Christ there in front of me. It's not his blood. We know that. But sometimes people think that this sort of thing that takes place in the church is, and I'm, I'm not diminishing the exercise of communion. I'm just saying that when it comes to the, the, the bread and, and the drink, it symbolizes Jesus Christ um, proclaiming his death. Mm-hmm. And, and it's to remind us and that we should never forget what was accomplished for us through that, through that suffering and through that work. Uh, forgiveness, unconditional love, something that's, that now belongs to us eternally, and, and nothing can, can separate us from that. Right. And, and, and so with that said, you know, the very next verse from where I was reading says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the bloody and blood of the Lord. So where's the love come in there, Cap? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just... <laughs> and I you said you this... sounded like a pirate, though. <laughs> <laughs> Let a man examine himself, he says. <laughs> so, so I'm Mickey Mouse this week. I'm Peter Pan, and I'm a pirate. Um, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Well, what was Paul just talking about? He was saying that some of them are co- they're coming together, some of them are eating all the food, they're drinking all the wine, they're getting drunk, and others are going hungry. This is what it's all about. This is what they're to examine themselves in. It's not examining their sins. It's saying, hey, take a look at what you're doing when you come together. Uh, it's That's not a worthy manner in which to come together and remember the Lord Jesus. Why don't you go home, if you're hungry, if you're really hungry and want to drink, go home, do that there, then come together, and you can all share in a meal together. You can all share in the fellowship of the Lord Jesus together. And so um, that's why he says what he says about examining themselves and eating and drinking in an unworthy manner. And uh, he says, for this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Now, some people interpret that as, well, God is out to get them. He's making them weak. He's making them sick, and he's causing them to die because they're doing this thing in an unworthy manner. No, it's just it's just a natural consequence of what happens when you eat too much and drink too much. And then he says, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, see, what does that mean that Paul just said? Well, here, Paul uh, 
says, Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. Now, this isn't a judgment like an eternal judgment. This isn't a judgment where God is just down on them and he's going to judge them for doing things wrong. <laughs> this is just a, it's a, hey, it's a, it's a discernment that, hey, you're not doing this thing right. There's a better way to do things. God's not judging them because, as we said all along, God came to take away people's sins. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. God's not judging them for what they're doing here. It's not that kind of a judgment. It's a, hey, you need to discern things here and look to the Lord and remember that his body and his blood, his body was broken for you. His blood was shed for you. Let that be what you remember when you come together and do it in a worthy manner. Don't be you know, being gluttons and, and drunkards when you come together to do all this. Yeah, if anyone is hungry, stay home and eat. The remaining matters I will arrange when I come. So we know Paul is specifically dealing with a, a certain specific group of believers who are having some issues with this subject. If he was talking specifically to us here on all of this stuff, we're still waiting for Paul to show up to give us further instruction. Yep. And another thing uh, that this uh, person had wanted us to talk about goes along with this in a way. Ananias and Sapphira, they lied to the Holy Spirit and they died. But why? Why did that happen? Was it a judgment for their sin? We'll take a look at that next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.